we're not careful as teachers and as leaders, as pastors, then what we'll do is we'll take the thing and we'll make this the scriptural thing about what, what a person does at the church. Now at Arise, we believe that we are on mission together. And so we will ask from time to time for you guys to serve here. But what we're asking you to do here and looking at the scripture is to say, if we're going to be about service, we're going to be about service all the time, everywhere we go. We're not on mission because we're gathered here. We're on mission because the Spirit of God dwells in us, and we take the Spirit of God wherever we go. We don't take our pastor with us. We don't take our church with us. We don't take anything else. But the Spirit of God, which raised Christ from the dead, dwells fully in you, and wherever you go, you take him with you. So, therefore, as we talk about being serving and serving, I want you to consider that it's bigger than just what we do here, okay? You guys tracking with me so far? Okay, good. I need some feedback because, like, I did junior high ministry, and they, they, do, they give you feedback all the time. It's not always good, but at least there's feedback, right? Okay, all right. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35. Let's read the passage. You know what I didn't do? I didn't start my clock. And Steve knows if I don't start my clock, it could get dangerous. All right. Thanks, dog. All right. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left hand is not for me to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they became indignant at James and John. And Jesus called to them, called to him, I'm sorry, and Jesus called them to him <laughs> and said to them, that was wordy, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be, but it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Now, this, this last verse, I want you guys to hear this. And I want you to put your finger there, this whole sermon, because together we're going to memorize this verse today. And you, you guys are going to memorize this verse. And we're going to memorize it together. Okay, verse 45. Everyone's looking? I hope so. All right. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay? Mark 10, 45, we're going we're gonna to repeat that phrase. If we don't repeat that five times, then you guys can like, I don't know, I'll buy you a coffee, maybe. <laughs> That's just, you know, stay awake, stay with me. All right. So the way of Jesus is not the way of the world, right? Um, the way of Jesus is not the way of the world. I, I was thinking about as, oh, as I was, uh, as I was preparing, oh, let me go back, okay. So ever since the beginning, people wanted Jesus to be about, uh, be about their life, wanted Jesus to be about their ambition, 
wanted Jesus to be about their goals, their representation, their, uh, their 401k, right? They want Jesus to be about them. And, and it's, not, it's not anything new. James and John are saying right here, like, Jesus, be about us, too. Like, and, of course, it's all masked like this. Under your glory, of course, right? But they're not asking something that is, like, they're not asking something that is, uh, that is really about Jesus. They're asking for their position. They're asking for something that will benefit them, something that will exalt them and place them in the right seat. Uh, I can't tell you how many churches I've served in where within the church culture, it's about, let, let me get near the rabbi or the pastor or the teacher, right? Let me get near him and see what he wants. And let me just do what he wants me to do in the hopes that, hey, you know what? You would be a good intern, right? But that, that's what James and John are thinking. And that's what, that's what many of us still think today. But Jesus is saying, listen, it's not, it's not even about that, okay? Because... The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Okay? Say it with me. The Son of, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. It's a super easy verse. I was praising God this morning for my professor that ingrained that verse in us. That's just, God was just making me happy for him. Uh, okay. I was thinking about our culture, because uh, sometimes I think about where we are, what's the word to the people there, and he's, Jesus is addressing James and John's uh, ambitions. Uh, you know, later, uh, the name for it, the, uh, they're called the Sons of Thunder, right? So you can just imagine that they're just kind of like intense couple brothers who just have these ambitions, and they're doing these things. And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to think about where, how does that relate to us? Where are we today? What's going on? Like, how can we see... Uh, what, is, what is the universal teaching that Jesus is teaching across the ages? And I was thinking about the prevailing themes of culture. It doesn't take long for you to go on uh, social media and hear certain themes. And a couple of the themes, the two words that popped in my head as I was considering this, the two words that popped in my head were hustle and elevate. And I'm like, those, those, are, the, those are the mantra of the culture today. So, in, and here's the thing. Christians believe that those are part of the mantra of the culture today, and they, they adopt those things. I hear it at the barbershop. I have a bunch of friends who are in multi-level marketing and want to convince you that you can just hustle and elevate, right? Um, like, you, it doesn't even matter if it's true. People are going to espouse this doctrine of hustle and elevate. Uh, I, I Googled it just out of curiosity because those are the words that popped into my mind. And it's not even to say that this is, we're not saying that this is the scripture, like, but what we are saying is this. Um, here, the way of Jesus is not the way of culture, okay? Hustle and elevate is the way of the culture. Jesus' way is not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, I, some of the titles that popped up are Elevate Your Side Hustle, Float Your Main Hustle for a 100% Lifestyle. Like, that sounds like a 18-year-old guy who just got out of high school and doesn't want to go to college, right? Like, he's just trying to, like, he's throwing in all the words right there. He's, he's trying to get you to a hook to be like, man, you just got to sign up, dog. Like, we're going to get this game. We're hustling. Another one was uh, elevate your hustle, elevate and hustle footwear. Elevate and hustle arms you with style, flexible support, and extra durability. Uh, hustle and elevate clothing. Elevate your hustle LLC. Elevate, hustle, and flow Facebook page. I mean, it's like 
I, I, I was not even aware that all these things existed with Elevate and Hustle. Elevate, Hustle, Flow, Lifestyle. Like you guys hear these things nonstop on social media. But I want to tell you guys, it's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is serving. It's, and in fact, it's serving to the point of death. Now that's uncomfortable, right? Because that's not, that's not the way of the culture, right? But we keep hearing about how awesome we are and how amazing we are and how we deserve this lifestyle or a better thing. And we're happy to post about it, e even if it's not true, even if it's like one moment or a snapshot. Pastors do the same thing. Pastor Steve would tell you, uh, we got plenty of church planning friends who like, they got nobody in the seats for like months. And then like some, there's a baby dedication and they got all this extra family and it's a full house. He's like, psh, psh, church planning, hashtag church planning, right? Because what is he saying? He's saying, I believe that my success depends on whether or not these seats are filled, which is what? Hustle and elevate. But it doesn't matter if the brother's being obedient to Jesus. Then if there's one person right there and he's preaching to that one person, then the glory of God is more manifest in that moment than it is if the whole seats are thing. And he's got a mind that says, I need to hustle and elevate. The way of Jesus is not the world, right? Because for even, say with me, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Circle back with me. James and John were straight up asking Jesus to give them favor over the other disciples. And the disciples were irritated they were like they were livid right because we says it says in verse 41 and when the 10 heard it they began to be indignant with james and john the sons of thunder right they became indignant with them because basically they were saying like hey we're all we're all in this 12 together like we're a family we're a team like we're my homies they're like hey jesus you know you're gonna hook up me and james right me and john you're gonna hook us up right we're, we're gonna sit you right in at your left which isn't like and, and jesus tells them he tells them. He asks, he answers their ambition with a question, right? He asks, he answers their question. Uh, I'm sorry, their request with a question. Can you drink the cup I'm about to drink? And can you be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized? Now, up until this point, um, it sounds kind of sounds kind of simple. Like it's not sounds. Maybe it's like, oh yeah, we were baptized with water. We're down to get baptized again, like an 80s Christian who's rededicating their life for the third time. Um, you know, we can, wood cup, yeah, we're cool with wood cups. We're not, like, allergic to wood cups. We can drink that cup, you know, like, we're cool. Like, the one we shared, the one we shared last night at dinner, Jesus, yeah, we can drink that cup. It's not about that, people. Like, Jesus is speaking to the deeper thing. Jesus is now using baptism to express the... He's, he's using the symbol of baptism to express the thing he is actually going to do. Baptism was always a symbol. In Israel, they always knew it was a symbol, and it was a symbol unto repentance. But Jesus is using now baptism. Can you be baptized with the baptism I'm being baptized with? He's not talking about a rededication through water. He's talking about baptism into death and a resurrection, not a, not a, um, not a coming out of the water to repentance, but a coming out of the grave to resurrection. So they're not, even, they're not even on the same page as him right here right now. They think, oh, yeah, we can drink that cup. And that cup he's talking about, it's not the wood cup that they shared at communion. That, the wood cup that's from, uh, what was that movie, Indiana Jones, right, when they went to, no, that's not it. But it's not, the wood, it's not some little wood cup they shared at communion the night before. It's the cup of wrath that God is pouring out on the unrighteous 
the people who don't put their faith in Christ, um, the cup of wrath that exists because of all of our sin corporately, that cup is being poured out on Jesus, though he has no sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. I don't have an address for that, bro, but, but that's, the, that's the word of God truth right there. Are you able to drink the cup? So the symbol of baptism is no longer a, a mystery, right? Now it's like, now it's going to become clear, like, man, that picture of going into the water and coming out to new life isn't just about repentance and facing towards God again. Now, uh, in Israel, if you read the Old Testament, the Tanakh, right? The Torah, Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, that's what they called the Old Testament was Tanakh. Um, if you read it, there is a strong theme of return. God used the prophets to always tell them, return, 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 return to God. Like, it's like, it's in there all, it, it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's like there all the time, return, return. And so when we see, like, now baptism now is like a symbol of going into the grave, coming out unto resurrection, it's like the final returning of, of not just Israel, but all of those who have faith. It's, it's the culmination of why we, what we believe and why we believe, right? Like if, if we don't have the resurrection, then we're to be pitied. We're, we're fools. Then we should eat barbecue, and we should line up a bunch of drinks too, and we should just do what we do. But we're not eating that meat in the same way that the world eats that meat, right? Well, maybe we are. <laughs> Spicy or sweet, is it? you know, whatever. But the point of what I'm saying is, because I told you, if we're not careful, we could get crazy. Um, but the way of the world and the way of Jesus are not the same, okay? Uh, they want to be exalted. They want to be, they want their place. They, they're still believing in, in a little bit like, a little bit like Peter did, believing that Jesus is there to like bring him up. Peter, uh, let me actually just stick with my notes here. The, the desire to sit at the seats of honor exists in all of our hearts. I have had an opportunity to mentor dozens of young pastors or young men who want to be in ministry, and I have asked all of them a similar or same question. And it's, could you be a pastor if you never got paid or never got recognition for what you've done? Because for many of us, like James and John, we have an ambition to be someone, and we want what we do for God to define that. And the way we do that in our culture is by getting on staff. I, I, I knew people who were getting into youth ministry who had no business being in youth ministry, didn't even like kids, but they just thought, if I go into youth ministry, then I can go to singles, and then I can go to college, or go to college, then I can go to singles ministry, then I can make my way up to a home group leader, and then I can be assistant pastor because they started to think about uh, favor is something that they were doing, they were earning, they were just going down the line here. You know, nine times out of ten when I ask a young pastor that question, it doesn't get answered. It's like listening to the press secretary at a presidential news conference. Can you be a pastor if you never get paid or you never get recognized for that? Well, you know, the word of God and I've been doing ministry since I was like, it's like they can't just say no because they realize 
that, that question right there will expose them for being what they are, a hired hand. So the same is true for us, though. Can we serve? Can we serve each other? Can we serve Jesus if nobody sees us and nobody acknowledges and no one recognizes? Will it be that when we stand before God and, 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 all, that, and all that he has for us, we're standing before him, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Everyone saw what you did, and you got plenty of followers. Praise, good job. You had more followers than that guy. Not at all. In fact, Jesus says what? Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So the way of Jesus isn't to, like, advertise. The way of Jesus isn't to promote. The way of Jesus isn't to, um, to have some kind of great big persona or some big thing. But the way of Jesus is to serve. The way of Jesus is to be anonymous. The way of Jesus is to do the things that no one wants to do, whether people acknowledge you or not. Jesus is pushing back on the perception of what it means to be his disciple. They're still thinking in worldly systems, and as, as many people still think today. Like if, if you're coming to Jesus because, for whatever reason, if it's not just Jesus by himself, whatever reason that it is that you're here today that's not Jesus, that reason is idolatry. If, if that reason is you, yourself, and your well-being, that reason is idolatry. Jesus loves us first, which brings me to my next section. It says here, uh, the Gentile, ruler, ruler, Gentile rulers lord it over the people and exercise authority over them. There is nothing about this that is positive. When they're looking at, when he says this to them, they understand that there is an overbearing, overreaching, overarching government that is oppressing them. In fact, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 41, if the person asks you to go one mile, go with him two miles. In that, in that, excuse me, in that culture, a soldier could walk up to any Jew, like Josh, walk up to any Josh and say, Josh, carry my, sorry, I'm using it for example, uh, Josh, carry my armor one mile, and you are obligated as a citizen to carry it. And Jesus is saying, hey, if they tell you to go one mile, go two miles instead. What he isn't telling you is, like, during the second mile, plot your revolution. See, Jesus is both submissive in the, to the authorities, but he's also subversive because he's saying, I'm going to go above and beyond because the way of Jesus is not what? It's not revenge. It's not power. It's service. For even the Son of Man did not come to be, but to and give his life as a ransom for many. You guys are tracking me. Good. But Jesus also gives us his way, right? He says, but in verse 43, he says, but it shall not be so among you. The lording over part, right? But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. He's not saying, he's not saying don't have boundaries. He's not saying, uh, yeah, he's not saying you just got to go and subject yourself to every person who walks by. Like, no, don't, don't take it too far. But, but what he is saying is the posture of your heart should be a willingness to serve people around you and to serve people in general. I love, uh, I love what Jesus does in, um, 
Oh, yeah. Okay, here it is right here. Sorry. And whoever would be first must slay the ball. Okay, Jesus isn't calling you to climb the cultural ladder. He's calling you to descend the ladder, right? Because we have this notion in the culture like, we're going to, whatever we're going to do, we want to be the best in the top. So we look for the ladder, and we take, our, we take the ladder one rung at a time, and we celebrate every time we get up that rung. And Jesus is saying, like, okay, that's good in the business, but in, among the people, we're climbing down the ladder. We're going towards the people who can never, who can never repay us for the service we give them. We're not just scratching the, someone's back so that they can scratch ours. We're not just putting an unnecessary burden on the people who are below us on the ladder, but we're climbing down the ladder to reach them because the way of Jesus is serving. It's going downward. I love uh, in John chapter 13, verses 12 to 17, he models the humility and service to, to his disciples, calling them to consider a new way. Like this isn't, Jesus just, just didn't say this in Mark 10.45, right? He modeled this in so many other ways. Not only did he say it in the Sermon on the Mount about going another mile, but he also says it here in chapter 13, he sa- in verse 12, he says, When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do as I have done. It's just not, it's just not a popular, popular method of leadership. But you know what's interesting to me is when I worked at Starbucks, they kind of understood what a biblical view of uh, servant leadership was. Because like, if you were, uh, when you come in, you work the bar or you work the food place or you work the cash register, those were your spots when you came into Starbucks. And as you climbed the ladder at Starbucks, right, the next, uh, once you became the assistant manager, the assistant manager supported everyone at the back. So even though you're climbing up, you're climbing up the ladder, they understood that like in order for everyone to have success, the leader has to be the servant. So the, the, uh, the assistant manager at Starbucks feedback today. The assistant manager at Fart, fart Bucks, I almost said Fart Bucks, you hear that? Far Bucks, no. Start Bucks, Starbucks. I need to go decaf probably. <laughs> the assistant manager at Starbucks would support everybody, the bar, the, uh, the food person, and the cashier. Whatever they needed, they would serve. And then there was like, so even, even in the corporate, even though the corporate world has, there's politics within there, and then, you know, you still got to play the game, to climb the ladder. The notion of servant leadership is not unknown to the world, right? Peter teaches us something about, oh, wait, I think I skipped. Uh, Just as I have done to you. Oh, that's, oh, let me finish the verse. Hello, next page. Uh, If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The heart of Jesus, right, is to come and to, like, see the people around him. Like, he's ministering to these 12 guys, one of whom he knows is going to betray him, but he's still serving him. It's, it, can't, it can't be about reciprocity. It's just got to be about a heart to love and to give and to serve. 
Man, this is hard. This is hard. It's hard if we're, if we're honest. Like, sometimes we just want to be like, I'm not really comfortable with that, you know? And it's, it can't be about whether we're comfortable or not. And, it, and I don't think God is calling us to do, uh, I don't think God is calling us to serve our minds so we lose our minds, right? He's calling us to serve in the capacity that we can serve, serve. And you know what that requires on us? It requires on us a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to say, I will. I will do that. Because here's the thing. Whether we ask you to do anything or not, when you're driving down the road and God nudges your heart about the person on the side of the road, it's your responsibility to answer for the nudgings that God puts on your heart. I'm not going to answer for the nudges that God gives you through the Spirit of God. But you will answer for the nudges and you will be responsible for what, not, not for what we saw you do over here, but for what God has asked you to do in each of your spaces of influence and area of influence and the life that you're living. Peter, uh, Peter teaches us something about the posture of it because Peter, um, good, okay, because Peter said, Lord, don't, don't, you don't wash my feet. I, I wash your feet. And then, you know, if you're going to wash me, wash all of me, like, oh, Lord. And, but what Peter didn't understand is that the posture that he was presenting was, let me earn you, Lord. But the way of Jesus isn't, let me earn you. The way of Jesus is, you can't earn me, and I still give to you. Did you guys hear that? You can't earn Jesus, and Jesus still gives to you. Peter said, wash it all, right? Like, wash all of me. And Jesus is like, no, man. Like, let me, let me just tell you, it's about what I'm doing for you. And it's the same thing. We serve Jesus out of an outpouring of the service that he has given to us. Not because we earn anything by serving him. The same way he loves us first, and we love him in response. It's not because we earn or like that's what we're supposed to do or like it's not for any other reason except that he loved us. And it takes humility for us as people who like to earn our way to say we did nothing to earn it and we don't deserve it. But when we give it, it's not because, uh, it's not because we're the person who can't receive a gift without giving a gift back, right? There's a lot of pride in that. Like when someone gives you a gift and you're like, oh, cool, cool. And you're like, well, let me give... I don't want to be indebted or like, I can't handle that. You know, like, I can't, I can't, I'm too, I'm too proud for that. So let me give you a gift back. It's not that. It's that Jesus gives us a gift and doesn't, and doesn't care whether or not we give it back to him or not. And out of the love and blessing that that is, of that, we serve in that same way. He loves us, we love him. He serves us, we serve others, right? We, we, he loves us, we love others. He serves us, we serve others. And it, just, and it just goes down and down and down. I was thinking about uh, how oftentimes the picture of the cup, right? Uh, it's just an old, it's an old analogy, but um, we want to we wanna fill our cup. It's, yeah, you know, I'm not going to share it because I'm just not even clear in my head. But it's just the idea that, like, we pour, we pour out because we're poured into. And it's not because we're pouring out, but it's, it's, like, it's actually literally like, when God pours into us, it's an overflow that comes out. So we're not actually going around going like this. We're just letting God pour into us so much that we have an overflow that fills other people's cups. You guys see the difference? We're not going like this to everybody. We're just saying, God, you keep pouring in. And whatever comes out of that is what comes out. 
and it's for His glory. And if someone goes on the ground and some goes in a cup, it's for His glory. And it's because of what He's doing, not because of what we're doing. All right, the kids are getting hungry. I'm almost at my time. <laughs> I'll speed it up here. Um, yeah, not because we're in it, because He gives it, right? Okay. Say it with me again, you guys. For even the Son of Man did not come to, but to. That's good. You guys are you guys are doing good there. Thank you. All right, let me let me scooch forward a little bit. Now, I wanted us to see like uh, that the way of Jesus is something different than what the way of the world is. And if we're not careful, we can let the way of the world infiltrate what the way of Jesus is. The way of Jesus is humility, it's service, it's giving, it's, and, it's, and it's not dependent on whether or not someone is doing or giving back to us. Again, I'm not advocating for unhealthy relationships or, you know, some kind of weird codependency. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that each of us is responsible for the portion that we've been given through the Holy Spirit's convicting of our hearts that wherever you go and whenever you go, you have to obey the voice of the Lord. It's like, you know, if, if God's calling you to do something that's a good thing, and you're like, hmm, hmm, that's the moment where you're like, you've got to trust God. You don't have time. Just like the people on the way to church didn't have time for the Samaritan on the side of the road. Right? You don't have time for that. Serving Jesus is not going to be convenient. Like, that's just a fact. <laughs> it, it, never comes, it never comes within my own time frames. And like being, being Westerners and, and the culture we live in, it's like, we, do, you know, we don't like it when things are not scheduled. It's like, hey, let's go hang out. Hey, uh, I can meet in two weeks at 7 p.m. Are you available for that one time slot that I only have left? It's like, that's how we treat it. But that's not so with the word of the with the way of Jesus. Okay. We just went through 1 Peter and to kind of redeem Peter's post-Pentecost voice because I know sometimes we talk about Peter and it's always about how he messed up. But Peter now says in 1 Peter chapter 4, we just went over this in our home groups, he says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for, your, for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Oh, excuse me. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. See, Peter, who was all eager to earn, is now saying like, hey, don't earn, but in whatever capacity that God has given you or gifted you, in that capacity, you are responsible to serve and to give and to participate in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? We're not asking you, if you're, you know, if you're, um, Barry is a gifted teacher. We've all experienced Barry, uh, Barry's teaching. But, but, so we're not asking, you know, whoever, like we're not asking my son to come up here and do what Barry does. Because that's unreasonable, right? Maybe one day my son will be a preacher. I don't know. But the whole idea is you're not responsible for other people's gifts, but you are responsible for your gifts. 
and the ways that God has gifted you, you will be held responsible for those, er those things. And it's not in some kind of heavy-handed way. It's just to say, like, our church would be so vibrant and so beautiful, and the expression of the body of Christ would be so amazing if everyone would just give to their community what God has already given them. And guess what? When you operate in your gifts, it don't even take that much energy. Do you guys realize that? When you're doing what God has created you to do, and you're like, you come out of yourself, you're, you come out of your comfort zone to give it away, like, you're going to find joy in that, whether the people will find joy in it or not. But it's just because it's giving it away. It's just giving it away. It's just giving it away to the body. And then there's this beautiful expression of all of their needs being met because everyone brings to, to the table different gifts and serves each other. If you have riches, you're, you're accountable for your riches. If you have musical ability, you're accountable for your musical ability. If you have a heart of prayer and God wants you, yes, God calls all of us to pray, but some people are intercessory prayers, right? Then you are responsible to walk in your intercessory prayer and speak life to the people around you, right? And whatever capacity God has given you, he's asking you to serve him, not not necessarily people, but you're, he's asking you to serve him through serving people. All right. Okay, so uh, um, Paul says also in 1 Corinthians, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. He's not saying uh, be, imit be imitator of me without question. He's saying, no, in as much as I'm following Christ, those are good things that you should imitate and follow. Galatians 6, 9 and 10, he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. Again, so finally, and the last part is this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So when we consider serving, we're not considering like, uh, we're not considering earning anything, we're just considering how we might give to God what he has already given to us. It's actually that simple. And when we operate in our gifts and we have a mindset that we're going to serve, we're going to find so much joy in just giving away whether people, uh, whether people reciprocate or not. We're going to honor God because we're serving Jesus by serving people. Make sense, fam? All right. Um, I don't know where the communion elements are, so I might be a little bit... Uh, um, you know what I could do? Hey, Steve, you know where the communion elements are? Okay. I don't even know what that is. Barry, you got that? All right. Hey, so what I'm going to do right now is we're going to take communion together, but before we do, I'm going to have the worship team come back up and lead us in one song as we close. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. We'll have one song, and then I'll lead us in communion afterwards. And then we'll hear from Pastor Steve for a minute. Okay. Lord, I, I'm uh, thankful, God, for your words and your, yeah, I'm just thankful, Lord, that you, you just remind me, Lord, it's not about all of the pomp and circumstance. It's not about position. It's not about um, identity. God, you just ask us to give away the thing that you already gave us. We don't have to earn it. But God, we can just give it away. So Father, I just pray that as we, um, as we walk as your people, that we're not 
Um, I just pray that we're not stingy or greedy or, or just, or just that we're just holding on tightly to the things that you have given us, God. Because, for whatever reason, Lord, I just pray, God, you would just allow us be, to be people who are giving away the very thing that you have given us. And so, Lord, we uh, we thank you for this time. We pray, Jesus, you would be glorified in our gifting and in our gifts. In Jesus' name.